You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast. The official free podcast of thebarkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show host and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. We can hopefully save as much as this recruiting season as we can uh, because that's important. Recruiting is number one. Recruiting our type of guys. That's what's important. Guys who are accountable, guys who have leadership, guys who have integrity and great attitudes. Those are the people we're going to be looking for. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I am Lucio Reek, and of course, I'm being joined by my co-host, Mr. Lorenzo Reyna. Lorenzo, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, I just uh, just took care of the White Elephant Gift Exchange. Uh, came away with some beans. You know? <laughs> well, you know, that's... Uh, uh, I'm going to be a farting unicorn later. Uh, well, that's, the, you know, it's... it's it's Christmas time, and we're we're literally what two, three days away now, and um, yeah, three days away, and uh, so uh, it's it's about that time of year, and right now it, it's it's the time of year where uh, over at the bark board we kind of get just a little bit backlogged because we're not only are we trying to deliver all the latest news and updates for Fresno State, but we're also trying to take care of some family obligations and. Uh, you know, we we try to juggle a fine line here, but we we try to get as much information out to you as possible during and, the And holidays. we also want to make sure that, you know, people aren't being uh, um, naughty on the on the boards, like, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I guess uh, from what we gathered, Santa actually does, like, does have a barkboard account. Yeah. <laughs> he checks in every so often. So uh, if you're being naughty or nice, he will know if you are doing so on our boards. But you know, he'll know how how you're acting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to get some cold this season. But um, uh, you heard on our intro that was Coach Jeff Tedford talking about uh, recruiting back when he was first hired. And uh, Lorenzo, it seems like he is pretty much following through what with what he has been saying as far as recruiting wise. And lately, they've been hitting the Central Valley pretty hard as far as recruiting, haven't they? You know, they have, I mean, getting a guy like Clive Truchel, um from Clovis West, who's who's really like the bodyguard for it, that highly titled quarterback, A.G. Martinez, who even though he committed to Cal, he's still on Fresno State's board. He still has that offer from Fresno State. But, you know, getting Truchel was a big time get. Then getting Nate Jones from nearby Fresno City as well. And... You know, down in the Bakersfield area, I mean, those there's the trio of Garces high players. Garces a traditional Division One pipeline, and then you had Johnny Balderas, the UNLV commit, landing the Fresno State offer. He's actually one of two current UNLV commits who are now the recipient of a Fresno State offer. And then, I mean, out here in this area, you got you got Ted for working his connections with the Mushagan family, Steve Mushagan, the head coach at Ventura college. And then Bobby Mushagan, who is helping handle recruiting duties for VC. And, you know, you're seeing some of the Ventura college guys committed to Fresno state. So, you know, for the most part, Tedford's been off and running. 
But for the most part, we've been checking in with some of the high school coaches around the valley, and it it seems like the the you know, change of philosophies in uh, recruiting as far as the Central Valley is concerned, they are following through with that. Um, the coaching staff yeah. is making their presence known throughout the high schools in in the Central Valley, haven't they? I mean, it's you it's know, a change. Here's what's yeah. Here's what's smart, Lucio. I could tell that guys like Jamie Christian and J.D. Williams, they're they're heavy in trying to wrap up the Central Valley kids. And it makes a lot of sense because of the fact that, you know what, these two guys have recruited in the Valley and they know the Valley real well. I mean, they're former Fresno State guys. J.D. was a longtime recruiter for Central Valley Town at, at every stop that he's made, especially particularly at UNLV. Jamie Christian as well from, from his time at UNLV, also at Arizona State in Houston. In fact, there is this tidbit that I definitely want to share to some of these people who may not be too too familiar with Coach Jamie Christian. He's the guy who got a chance to flip Deontay Greenberry from Notre Dame to Houston. And so Christian, Christian does have a strong reputation of being able to flip that high-profile kid and getting him to commit to a different school. So, you know, these guys, Tedford is smart to allow these two guys some free reign. We're trying to lock up the Valley Valley kids and, you know, rebuild that rapport, rebuild that rapport with the local school, something that Pete Germano never got a chance to do and honestly never did do. Yeah, I mean, it was very well-known fact that Pete Germano, uh, he was the Central Valley recruiter, and it was a very well-known fact that he really did not you know, put the work or effort into trying to recruit the Valley, uh, not from what we can tell from all the high school coaches, they were kind of, uh, you know, very surprised and, and very taken back by, by Germano, not even reaching out to the coaches, uh, which kind of left a sour taste in their mouth. But as of late, things have been turned around and, uh, the Fresno state's been hitting the Valley pretty hard. Of course, not right now because they're in the dead period, but we expect to hear a lot more news coming out of the Central Valley, you know, coming back after the break. I mean, well, here's the thing like, here's for people who may not be well versed with the dead period, it really just means that coaches can't have face to face contact with you, but they can still email you, they can still call you. So, either way you look at it, it's not a situation where they're just ignoring you. I mean, it's just going to take a lot slower than usual because of the fact that. Coaches can't have that face-to-face contact, and it's not until January the 12th. And, and typically during the dead period, uh, we don't see much of the uh, kind of the activity for recruiting-wise because they tend to be a lot more quiet during the, the, the dead period. But we're always on top of it, and we're always digging deep and, and finding out all the latest news and offers and, and uh, commitments coming out of, uh, of players uh, as they report it to us. And, uh, you know, the the coaches, uh, the high school coaches right now are pretty happy of what's going on, especially down in Bakersfield uh, with, you know, a f- you know, one of the coaches who are friends with the Barkboard staff here, um, head coach Darren Carr. You know, I'm pretty sure yep. everybody is familiar with the Carr family and they are pleased with the activity that is happening now down in the Bakersfield area and especially with their own players on the Bakersfield Christian team. So and here's here's the thing. It's like, you know, when you get approval, when you get high marks from the Carr family, that means you're doing something right finally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and I don't see things slowing down. I, I expect them to kind of uh, kind of really dig deep here in the Central Valley since 
uh, you know, it, it is their backyard and it should give them some opportunity to find some players that are otherwise undiscovered by other teams. Uh, but now nowadays it be, it's getting harder and harder in the Central Valley because the secret is out. Since Pat Hill is gone, uh, all these other universities now figured out what Pat Hill was doing and have now keyed in on a lot of players here in the Central Valley. But I, I will say this, Lucille. I mean, when you, again, we've had this conversation, but, you know, just kind of like reiterate, when Pat Hill lost a prominent Central Valley kid, he would lose them to a place where the grass was always greener, like Tennessee, USC, Arizona State. DeRuder and his staff, though, were so lazy with the Valley kids that they ended up going to a rival Mountain West school. I could tell that Tedford is trying to change that. He's trying to rebuild that rapport with the local high schools, particularly at Bakersfield Christian, particularly at Liberty High, Edison High, Bullard High, the Clovis Unified schools. And so, I mean, it's still a work in progress. I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, the job is done. No, it's still a work in progress, but, you know, so far so good. Yeah, and, and it's gone so well that, uh, you know, things are, are starting to look up here in the Valley that players from out of the area who are maybe at other universities or or are playing, you know, at uh, other other places are now considering to transfer back to Fresno but those are some of the details that we cannot share on this podcast. If you want to know more yeah, about of, that. You, out of respect for these kids, I mean, we don't want to mention any names because there might be that one coach who's listening to our podcast and he might pop off. So <laughs> we want to we're in a situation where we, it needs to be officially made. I mean, we need to get we need to catch wind that the transfer papers have been filled. They've been approved. And the kid can transfer to whatever university he wants to go. There's a protocol to this. I mean, we just can't throw rumors around because the problem with rumors is that sometimes they might come from an 11 year old kid. And Lucio and I are in our 30s. Yeah, <laughs> and you know we we do know there's a, a handful of players who are are considering a move back to Fresno, but we can't report it here on the podcast. But you know some of those names have been mentioned in our uh, war room post. Uh, made a uh, um, you know only exclusive to our premium subscribers. So if you want to know and who we are talking about, room stays in the war room. Yeah, if you want to know who we are talking about, you need to head over to the war room on the barkboard.com to find out exactly who we're talking about right now. But uh, in order to do so, you you need to become a premium subscriber. So uh, you know get that get that subscription and head on over and uh, find out what we're talking about. We've got a lot of good inside information, but again. It's only available to our premium subscribers. So, that being said, we're gonna let's. Why don't we break down some of the players who have already uh, committed and signed their national letter of intent? And of course, I'm referring to the junior college players, who I guess you would call them early enrollees. Am I correct, Lorenzo? Yeah, mid-year transfers, early enrollees. So we've got about. Uh, I say there's about five players who have signed their national letter of intent to join Fresno State. So they have already signed it, and they are clear to come on campus uh, as of right now, uh, I guess, to start classes in the spring and uh, and then get ready for football. So, Lorenzo, why don't we go ahead and break down some of those players. Let's start off with one that had already uh, committed to Fresno State last season, but for academic ineligibilities issues had to go to junior college uh fresno city and then make his way back and sign his national letter of intent and that's kiro woodley 
um, who took a year off over into Fresno City. I'm not sure if he played there, but he got his academics squared away and now has joined Fresno State. So what more can you tell us about Kiro Woodley, Lorenzo? You know, he was actually a pretty prized recruit coming out of Marietta Valley High School. And for anybody who may not be too well-versed in the um, the Inland Empire high school football scene, Marietta Valley actually is a traditional power down in the IE. Well, he was actually ranked as the sixth best offensive guard in the state of California by scout and the 97th best offensive guard in the nation. And he was also a first-team All-Southwestern League and also made some press enterprise accolades as well. So, you know, it's a good move on Fresno State's end to keep a guy like Woodley. And, you know, this offensive line does need some shoring up, Lucio. Oh, <laughs> it not only does it need shoring up, it needs a complete overhaul is what they need over on the offensive line. Uh, it's been a point of emphasis as far as their struggles on offense. Uh, the offensive line has not been able to protect the quarterback or even make a hole for the running back. So it has been, you know, it's, I guess, safe to say it's a, a complete work in progress, which they're going to need a complete overhaul. And we are still a little surprised that not more offensive linemen have been, um, you know, targeted through through Fresno State. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, that's a, it a has trend to that's going to change. Be a big, it, it has to be, I mean, once either during this dead period or once the dead period is lifted, offensive line still needs to be a big point of emphasis because Woodley is committed. You have Trueshell who's committed. But after that, you have Jesse Chamberlain, who originally was committed to the Deruta regime, and we haven't really been heard or told that Chamberlain is still on board. And, and Chamberlain is one of those enigma players. I mean, we don't know much about him. We have had a hard time kind of getting a hold of him, and so we haven't had a, a chance to kind of kind of gauge him uh, ourselves. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not really too sure if Chamberlain is going to stick around or if that one... I, I don't know. It's it, it's kind of an enigma. I, I just don't know it, what to expect from Chamberlain. Well, here's the thing. It's up in the air, and not only that, I mean, there really isn't much left from the DeRuiter commits. I mean, Chamberlain's one, Darius Outland, Patrick June, and then Salazar. Yeah, and, and as far as we can tell, Salazar is still pretty committed to Fresno State. Uh, now the rest, as far as Outland... Outland has always been uh, a player that I felt that maybe has one foot out the door, but I'm not really sure about what's going to happen there. Uh, and then who who is the other one um, that was? Uh, yeah, Patrick June from Morningside. Pa- Patrick June. I don't really know much about Patrick June, that wide receiver. I mean, he's just – all I know is he's from California, so maybe Tedford's already contacted him and uh, wants him to stick around. Uh, well, June is a three-star. He's a deep threat. He doesn't have that much size, but you know what? Tefford has done well with guys who are either six feet tall or under. So yeah, so we'll 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 kind of keep an eye on that one. So Patrick June out of Morningside High School in Inglewood, California, is definitely a player that I think maybe Tedford is wanting to keep around, but we'll we'll figure that out as things progress. But moving back to the uh, junior college, um, you know, early enrollee commits. Uh, we've got uh, next. Let's move on to um, you know the quarterback. And no, 
He has no relation to Lorenzo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he goes He goes by the name of uh, George Reyna, and he's a quarterback out of West Los Angeles uh, Community College. And so, Lorenzo, tell us a little bit more about Reyna. Just to let you know, I have two brothers, not three, and I have plenty of cousins. Mr. Reyna's not one of them. But, <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing, Lucio. Tedford has done well with with junior college quarterbacks, as you know. I mean, obviously, the name you hear about often is Aaron Rodgers. Well, I'm not saying that Reyna is sort of like an Aaron Rodgers-type story, but, you know, he did put up some pretty impressive numbers in his two years at West Los Angeles, particularly this past year. And the crazy thing is, is that you mentioned the Enigma players. Well, Reyna is considered an Enigma as well because he wasn't really a household name in the junior college recruiting scene. But Tedford saw something in him and felt that, you know what, this guy could come in right away and maybe like bring us the kind of possess that the offense needs. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe Tedford has something up his sleeve with Reyna. He is a dual threat. He he really impressed me with his ability to attack downfield with his deep throws. I feel like that there still needs to be some decision making that he needs to polish up, especially with his middle throws. But you know, for the most part, I mean, this this could be a surprise pickup for Fresno State. Yeah, and of course, the quarterback position at Fresno State is a very, at the moment, let's just say that that position is a very fluid one. There, There's going to be some, let's just say there's might be some changes coming here in the future. And uh, again, it's another one of those little tidbits that we've kind of touched upon over at the War Room, haven't we, Lorenzo? So plenty of tidbits, and and so we know a little bit about what's going on, but you know, if you want to find out, you're gonna to have to head over to the war room. Sorry, guys, people, but people, it's like I mean, I know you're doing your Christmas shopping, but I mean, getting inside the war room doesn't cost a hundred dollars. No, nah, it's a it's a ten dollar a month subscription. So if you want to know more about what is it is that we uh, have been able to dig up. Again, you're going to have to become a premium subscriber. But, you know, as far as I can tell you, the quarterback position, a very fluid one. Reyna is being brought in for a reason. And uh, that is to give competition right away for that starting position. And um, let's just say that uh, Reyna has a good shot at it at the moment. And uh, But I, I don't know. Hey. Does his style kind of fit in with what Fresno State's going to do? Of course, I have no idea what type of offense Fresno State's going to be running it's at this moment. still up in the air, yeah, because you can look at what offenses Tefford was running in the CFL and Cal and automatically assume that, oh, that's the offense they're bringing in. No, Tefford and his staff, they're going to really evaluate this, the current players, and determine like what will be like the main strength of this of the team. Like Here's the, here's the perfect example, Lucio. If you if your strength is the offensive line, you're probably going to run the football. If your strength is the running back depth, you're probably going to run the football. If you have a quarterback who could do so many things, you're probably going to run a read option. But if you have a pocket passer, you're probably going to be either an up-tempo pass-first attack or just a simple spread. So, I mean, all that remains to be seen, and I feel like those questions won't officially be answered until the spring. Yeah, and and that uh, exactly what type of offense is probably won't be answered until until we find out who the offensive coordinator is going to be. And at the moment, we have no clue. So <laughs> we'll we'll get into that later. We'll yeah. get into that later. Yeah. So moving on, uh, you know, the, looks like this year's trend in recruiting has also been adding depth to the cornerback position on defense. 
And that they did by signing not one, but two early enrollee uh, cornerbacks. Let's start off with... Uh, let's start off with Boateng. Uh, I believe goes by the name of Matthew Boateng uh, out yep. of IMG Academy, um, if I uh, high school in Brenton, Florida. But where is yep, he playing? The big tower down there. Where is he playing right now, though? As far as uh, Arizona Western College, he's a three star, and not only that, he's a former University of Kansas commit. So, I mean. This this could be one of those like recruiting coups, first early recruiting coup for a guy like Jeff Tefford because Boateng was actually pretty highly touted at the JUCO scene and was pretty highly touted at IMG Academy. But then again, a lot of players are highly touted down there. Yeah, well, a lot of players are highly touted and then uh, figure out that they can't uh, you know make it academically and then have to go to junior college and and go you know that route and that's. Seems like that's what happened with Boateng. Had problems with his academics, got it corrected, and now has an opportunity to play Division One football. And he ended up uh, heading over to Fresno State. And I believe he, you know, Fresno State wasn't the only team on his radar. He had other teams uh, courting him, but uh, it, it looks like Tedford was the the man who was able to kind of court him in the right direction over towards Fresno State. Well, the thing is, is that Boateng, Boateng was committed to Kansas back in 2013, but unfortunately because of his situation with having to go to JC route, he kind of lost out with Kansas. And not only that, Kansas endured that coaching change as well, kind of like what happened with Fresno State. So when it was time to get his recruiting back up, Fresno State was the first one to make the call, and now he's committed. Yeah, yeah. And so he's now... Uh, now going to be a bulldog and is going to come in in the uh, in the spring and compete uh, right away for that job. I mean, because Fresno State's going to be losing two of their starters on at the defensive position at cornerback, and and so now another uh, adding another player also at the cornerback position is going to be uh, they turn to Sherman Coleman, and uh, Sherman Coleman is another Cisco player at a is another JC player at a Cisco junior college in Texas. And, uh, and so it looks like Fresno state is, is really trying to shore up those cornerback positions, uh, even though they already have some talent there, but you know, what more can you tell us about Sherman Coleman? Well, I mean, unfortunately it doesn't look like that Texas is dead just yet to Fresno state. I mean, Jeffrey did recruit out there during his Cal days, but you know, Coleman, Coleman honestly does fall under the, the enigma type of players because there really isn't much known. But one of the things that I did see on film was that he had excellent closing speed, particularly a second gear. I mean, he had this habit of if a receiver got in front of him, like by three, got a cushion, so to speak, he was able to make up for it. And from what I read is that Coleman only had two offers. His other offer was from Sam Houston State, which is a big power at the FCS level. But, you know, Fresno State saw something in him and, you know, decided to give him a shot. Yeah, and so, it, you know, it's it's a good thing. Uh, I guess they're they're trying to add on plenty of depth at the cornerback position. Um, I'm just kind what? of I'm kind of concerned that they're they're kind of going after too many cornerbacks and not enough at the other positions like offensive line at the moment. It's true, but I mean, it almost, it really depends on what kind of defense you're going to bring in at Fresno State. Cause you know, that's, that's still a question that we have, but going back to Coleman, he runs a reported four, four, three, 40 yard dash time. So, you know, he's going to, 
having to adjust to the Mountain West speed, I mean, it shouldn't be too much of a problem for him. Yeah, yeah. So it's a... I, I don't. I don't know. It, it is a good pickup. Uh, you know, Fresno State got but two of those. Jury's out. Jury's out on on this kid, but as well as other kids. Yeah. So I, you know, it's a good thing that they're adding depth at the cornerback position. But I would like to see, you know, like we mentioned earlier, a little more um, offensive line, maybe some defensive line recruits being recruited. And uh, uh, well, you know, they picked up two. JC guys now for the cornerback position. It should help the defense out uh, tremendously. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Um, but the final player that signed as the junior college recruit, uh, early enrollee, and that's uh, Javernick, and he is a tight end. And yes. I believe, let me see, he goes by the what's the first name? It's Logan, but his Logan. nickname is Gunner. Gunner Javernick. That's why I'm a little confused because I've seen Gunner and I've seen Logan. So he goes by Gunner, right? I think he prefers Gunner. I think he prefers Gunner. Okay, so we've got Gunner Javernick, the tight end, and uh, he is a big target, to say the least, at 6'7", coming out of Ventura College. And it should be kind of uh, a story to tell of what they're expecting out of the tight ends uh, moving on here in the future, don't they, Lorenzo? You know what? Here's the thing about Javernick. I have, I have a good feeling that this could be like the the surprise hidden treasure of this recruiting class. Now, I know Javernick might only have maybe about two years left of eligibility by the time he comes to Fresno State. But you know, when I look closely at Javernick's film, I feel like I'm looking at a blend of Bear Pasco and Marcel Jensen. I mean, Javernick has Jensen's size and athleticism, but he has that blue-collar blocking ability that we saw at a Pasco during his time at Fresno State. And, you know, Pat Hill fried with players like that. Tefford was able to help rec- recruit those kind of players during his time at Fresno State and during his time at Cal. So, you know, maybe the stats aren't there for Javernick, but, you know, trust me when I say, folks, that when called upon inside the 20-yard line, Javernick is on his game, and that's going to be an essential help for Fresno State, especially especially in the blocking game. Yeah, no, especially after the departure of, uh, of Fresno State's uh, starting tight end, um, and, and now that, that position is kind of in flux, mainly because you know Fresno State really didn't use the tight ends the way that people thought they should have. And now with the new coaching staff, it seems like there might be a change in philosophy as how those tight ends should be used. And going after a player like uh, like Gunnar Javanik here at six foot seven, he kind of fits the mold of, of I would say like Bear Pasco. Uh, you remember Bear Pasco? I mean, he was. I a, just mentioned him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm kind of mentioning. Do you, do you remember his type of play out there? I mean, he was. He was a presence, and you knew that when he was on the field, not only could he block for the running, but he was a threat to kind of score on every possession because he was that good of a player. You think Javernick might maybe fit that kind of mold of what they're looking for? But here's the thing. It's like, I mean, one of the big differences between Pasco and Javernick is that Pasco was actually a former high school quarterback coming out of Granite Hills in Porterville, and he thrived in the triple option offense. Javernick has no history of playing quarterback, but he has a history of playing basketball, college basketball, at CSU Pueblo. Now, because of that, I mean, Javernick could be 
in a, a Tony Gates or Tony Gonzalez type situation because you have those NFL teams and you even have those college teams that look for those tight ends with a basketball background. I mean, the athleticism already gives them the edge. The hops gives them the edge. Just their presence alone gives them the, the edge. And and not and there's one more thing with basketball players that typically they have good hands. So to to put them in there for offense. Uh, to be able to catch the ball at will if anything that's thrown again uh, at them is a huge plus. And I think Javernick with that basketball background, I think that's what they're going for. So, uh, you know, what do you think, Lorenzo? Uh, it, 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 this move has the potential. I mean, I'm not trying to like jinx it or anything, but I feel like that this move to bring in Javernick has the potential to be Sort of like a Bear Pasco, a Logan Mankins, um, just some of these like hidden treasures that the past Fresno State staff was able to find and was able to turn out. So, I mean, to me, it's crazy, Lucio, because I feel like that when I look closely at Javernick, he looks like a guy Pat Hill would have recruited easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he like I said, he fits that mold of what exactly how Pat Hill recruited and I mean, it's a big boy, a big body, six seven, two hundred forty five pounds. He'll he'll definitely do some damage. Uh, and having him come in early to learn the offense is a huge plus for Fresno State. And, and another thing too on Javernick's that that benefits Javernick is that his coaches, like I mentioned, were the Mushagans, Steven and Bobby, who have a Fresno State strong Fresno State connection. So, you know, maybe that connection can build and even further. Now Fresno State, uh, we all we all knew that Fresno State was maybe two to three years out from fielding a competitive team, but by the looks of it, Tedford is trying to kind of fill in the gaps on, uh, you know, on the roster to try to be competitive even earlier. And so, Lorenzo, what kind of a grade do you give on these early enrollees? There's five of them. How do you think uh, Tedford did in this? Uh- I think it's a B plus. I mean. I'm not looking so much at the stars, but and another thing too is that I still feel like that there's positions like the offensive line that still needs to be filled. Um, defensive line as well is going to be another pressing need moving forward. But you know, getting a guy like Reyna who put up some astronomical numbers at the JUCO level and getting the hidden treasure like Javernick and then trying to fill your your corner situation as well. I mean, for the most part. Fresno State covered a good majority of the areas they needed during this time period. But, you know, it's going to be more about can they fill the other pressing needs moving forward? Because I feel like at this point, quarterback is pretty much a done deal. I mean, I don't see I don't see Fresno State making any more moves to bring in a quarterback in considering what they got now. But, I mean, offensive line is still going to be a pressing need. Defensive line, if Fresno State can manage to fill those gaps moving forward, then I might elevate their grade to an A. Yeah, and, you know, there might be maybe one more quarterback because Tedford has been known to want to uh, uh, always have at least five quarterbacks on roster. And there might be some uh, shakeups on the off on at the quarterback position, so the, we don't the know. Problem, yeah, but the problem with that, you go with five quarterbacks, you you're in a situation where where one or two of those guys has to be told you're only here just to fill fill the death. You're only here to fill the gaps, and it's not going to always sit well with those quarterbacks because you know what they want to play. Yeah, yeah, and you never know. It might be a walk-on or something that comes onto the onto the roster to add depth or something. 
But, uh, you know, there was five players there who signed national letters of intent. And I know some of you are kind of wondering, okay, so, you know, where, how does that work? Well, those five will not count against this year's recruiting class. Those five will count against, well, let's just say this past season's recruiting class. Uh, so they will not count against the 25 for the upcoming, you know, signing class. Am I correct, Lorenzo? That from what I hear, that's how that's going to happen. They're signing mm-hmm. on last season's recruiting class. So that opens up those five positions for this year. So, mm-hmm. so that, that kind of helps out there as far as recruiting. So that p- picking up those five players early on in the early enrollment, was a smart move by Tedford, uh, mainly because it's not going to count against them this upcoming season. So it, it helps instantly right away to add more bodies to the roster, which I think is pretty low <laughs> as far as how many players are on the roster at the moment. And yeah. chances are some more of those players are going to be leaving. So, you know, they need to get as many bodies into Fresno State as possible. You're, you're not only that, you might have to be in a situation where you're going to have to load up on the PWOs as well, especially with the late signing period, which is usually around March or April. Yeah, yeah, and and expect that to happen a little bit more. And uh, uh, for those of you who don't know what PWO is, preferred walk-ons uh, who – will get a chance to walk on to the team and earn a scholarship uh, if you know if they play well throughout the season or, or do well throughout the season. And that that's something that Fresno State might have to end up turning to in order to add more depth to the uh, to the roster. And uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as things move forward. But you know, recruiting wasn't the only thing that's been happening. Coach Tedford has been uh, busy trying to round out his coaching staff. And so, Lorenzo, who do you want to start off with? Uh, I know there was a number of uh, hires. Who's the first one you want to talk about? You know what? We got we to gotta start diving into, I mean, the unknown of the staff. But who's to say that he might actually be the surprise member? I'm going to go with Orlando Steinauer, who comes all the way from the Canadian Football League. And I believe he's coming in to be the defensive coordinator for Fresno State. And no, the offensive line coach, not playing. <laughs> nah, hey, don't 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 screw with me there. <laughs> no, he's going to be the defensive coordinator, and of course, this adds a bunch of question marks as to what kind of a coach he is, since he has never coached at the college football level. He's only been coaching at uh, the Canadian Football League, and. From what I can tell, he is well-regarded in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, you know what? I mean, people who, people from opposing coaches in the CFL to the writers who cover CFL and even some of the, uh, the, prominent, the prominent news stations that covers the CFL, I mean, they're all giving this guy some very high marks. So, you know, that does score some points. But obviously, it's a different playing field compared to Division One because, you know, you're dealing with a much shorter field. You you have to punt the football on third downs. And, I mean, there's there's going to be an adjustment period, obviously. But one of the things that Steinauer said in a radio interview is that, you know, football is still football. I mean, the philosophies are still going to be the same. The scheme changes, all that. So, I mean, he's making it clear that the adjustment isn't going to be that big. The only thing that he might have to adjust to is just the atmosphere in Fresno and that fan base. But, you know, 
his defenses, though, they were among the best in the CFL, and that's still a pro league. So, you know, maybe something, maybe Tedford has something up his sleeve with this guy. We'll see. I mean, he's he obviously uh, has uh, you know high regards for him in order to bring uh, you know someone who is virtually unknown in college football in order to bring him in here. So, but uh, I mean, here's the other thing too is that I know a lot of fans on the boards and a lot of people have been asking us, "Hey, when's Tim Skipper going to be at Fresno State?" and basically throwing Skip's name around. Well, here's the thing, and we mentioned this in some of our other podcasts, but it came down to money. Tim Skipper was making way too much at Florida, and unfortunately, what Fresno State was going to pay him wasn't going to be enough. And not only that, what also shot him away, according to the sources, is that Skipper was Skipper was unsure of the fact that you know Fresno State still had to pay DeRuiter back. Fresno State still had to pay Nick Toff and some of the other assistants. So there was that level of concern on Skip's end. So I could tell with Steinauer is that he's humble enough to take whatever Fresno State is going to give him. And he knows that by taking this low salary, it's going to give him the opportunity to work his way up to Division One ranks, especially at a place like Fresno State. Yeah, if he can come in and, and really shore up the defense here at Fresno State, he's going to be probably a hot commodity in the next few years. So it all depends on how things shake out um, and maybe – he has some loyalty with Tedford and, and sticks around for a bit uh, in order to kind of keep things rolling. But as far as what kind of a coach he's going to be, what kind of a scheme he's going to run, that's still up in the air. Uh, we have no idea what type of scheme they're going to change uh, Fresno State to. Currently, they're a 3-4 base. Um, I've never been a fan of the 3-4. For some reason, I, I'm old school. I like the 4-3. So it depends on what kind of personnel you had. So we'll see what kind of a defense gets put in once spring practices start. So uh, we'll we'll kind of get a, an idea what's what to expect there. Now other coaches were also hired, and Lorenzo, who else? You know, who do you want to talk about next? You know, this is an interesting move. Kirby Moore, wide receivers coach, and I mean one of those young guys coming up in the ranks. But here's the kicker, though, Lucio. Kirby Moore not only comes from Boise State, but guess who his older brother was? Kellen Moore, yeah. the, the great quarterback from Boise State. So I don't know if this is a publicity stunt or if this is like another <laughs> one of those like like Tefford has something up his sleeve type moves. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a wise move. I mean, uh, Kirby Moore was no slouch. Uh, if, from what I can tell, he played over at Boise as well. Um, and so... Hiring. He wasn't a household name at Boise State compared to his brother, but you know he was a reliable presence. And obviously, there's still going to be those questions about you know what kind of coach he is. Is he is he a players' coach? Is he fiery, hard nosed? Is he as meticulous as his brother was at Boise State? I mean, those questions remain to be seen. Well, hiring a Boise State alum that's that in itself is a bold move especially with the bad blood between Fresno State and Boise yeah you know what Lucio I, I do have to remind you and do have to remind people Pat Hill did hire a Boise State alum and that man was the great Dan Brown who passed away a few years ago yeah yeah I mean I, I mean current uh, you know Boise State alum that they you know have currently been part of those teams that have put a hurting on Fresno State and that uh that's a bold move. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, let's face it. Boise State has had Fresno State's number uh, since they came into Division One football, and uh, you know, it's just it's been tough. But adding Kirby Moore, 
could be a very smart move. From what I can tell, he is a very good recruiter. And he is the one that's been hitting uh, the Central Valley the hardest as far as recruiting is concerned. And Kirby Moore might end up being the guy that most of the local high schools will end up seeing. Uh, You know what's crazy, Lucio? This is what this is actually the thing that scores the most points with me on Tampa's staff. The Reuter staff only had one guy hit the valley up, Germano, and he was very, very lazy in getting there. But I could tell that there's three guys who are hitting this region pretty hard. I mean, we mentioned Jamie Christian, we mentioned JD Williams. Now Kirby Moore's the third wheel. Yes. Um the from what I can tell from the Darren Carr over at Bakersfield Christian, Kirby Moore was the recruiter that was in town talking to their players uh, and to the uh, coaching staff at Bakersfield Christian. So he is the one that has initially made contact down in Bakersfield. So it, it, it kind of kind of gives us a glimpse of what this coaching staff is thinking and what they're what they're doing out there. So mm-hmm. moving forward, who is the next uh, coach that was hired recently? Uh, if I can remember correctly. There should still be one more, right? Yeah, Burt Watts, the linebacker coach. Okay, so what more can you tell us about Burt Watts? You know, Watts was one of the last holdovers of the UC Davis regime through Coach Ron Guild, who, I mean, was rumored to be the offensive coordinator, but, you know, things have been at a standstill with uh, with Guild. But, you know, the thing with Watts is that he does have – he does have an extensive background, a previous background with Tefford, and not only that, he's also has some NFL pedigree in him as well. He was with the Denver Broncos not too long ago. So yeah, he 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 definitely has some experience as far as I'm concerned, uh, especially if you're coaching over at the uh, NFL ranks. Um, so uh, I don't know well, what type of a hire do you think this is. You're more familiar with UC Davis, so what what more can you tell us that, what to expect out of Watts there? Well, I mean, unfortunately, his defenses weren't like weren't set the world on fire types over at UC Davis, which pretty much explains the um, the coaching turnover that they've had over there. But you know, the guy has a background as a linebacker's coach and also has a background as a as a corners coach. And I mean, he is pretty knowledgeable. He does have a Cal background with Tedford and. Um, Obviously, also having that experience with the uh, Denver Broncos also helps with his resume. But, you know, he doesn't have to deal with the pressures of running a defense. So that's going to be a plus there. I mean, he's only having to worry about just the linebacker core. He doesn't have to worry about any schemes unless Tefford Tefford is desperate. But, you know, this... This could be a solid, solid hire. I mean, it's not going to be one of those like pizzazz hires, like a Tim Skipper or um, maybe even a um, a Keith Williams as well. But you know, we'll it's going to be a wait and see approach with this guy with Burt Watts. Well, and 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 like you said, it. And I mean, some of these coaches, he may not have been successful as a defensive coordinator, but that's not what he's being hired to come in and do. He's he's being hired to come in and coach those linebackers. Which some of these coaches, let's face it, they're better off dealing with just one position than trying to run the defense. And he may be one of those coaches that uh, thrive better at a single position than trying to to run a whole defense. Um, but it, it, was there any other coaches? Did I miss anybody? Uh, you know, if we want, we could talk about Scott Thompson. Scott Thompson. So, well, go ahead. Yeah. 
what what can you tell us about Scott Thompson? Where what what position is he coaching at? He is going to be the tight ends coach, so he gets his hands on uh, Mr. Javernick. And um, another thing, too, is that he comes over from USC, and it's not often that Tefford is able to get a guy from USC, especially considering the days of seeing Cal and USC go at it. But, you know, he has a background with special teams, and not only that, it's sounding more and more like that he's going to be the 805 recruiter for Fresno State because I've had some conversations with Lompoc High head coach Andrew Jones, and he's told me that he's actually been in contact with Thompson about some of his players on the Braves. Yeah, so you know, you're you're we're starting to see that picture happening now of where the coaches, uh, up until this point, throughout California, we always talked to the head coaches from the high schools, and they kept telling us no one was in contact. Now all of a sudden, everyone that we've been able to talk to is saying, "Yeah, they're calling us, asking about our kids." So yeah, we can now see the whole kind of change of recruiting philosophy kind of taking full circle don't you think Lorenzo now now having someone like Thompson going down to the 805 that should only help bring in some of those players from that area who you know can be very talented from what I can tell in the 805 so and not only that Thompson does have a playing background with Fresno State in fact Tefford was his offensive coordinator at one time yeah so you know things things are starting to shape up um, we're starting to see a recruiting picture kind of clear up. We're we're figuring out the coaching staff for Fresno State, though there's still some key positions. Mainly, the offensive coordinator position is one that is uh, the biggest kind of up in the air. We have no idea who is being targeted at the moment. There is no chatter going on. Uh, the only thing we can think of is that maybe the offensive coordinator is someone who's uh, has a, a, a team hey, playing in a bowl game right now. All right, Lucio, I have one other tidbit that I have to pass along that, you know, it's going to, it might trip you out, but it, it does involve Scott Thompson. Okay. Guess what, guess what league he played in? The CFL. No. No. The XFL. The XFL. <laughs> The XFL. He was a Birmingham Bolt. <laughs> I, I that's that's been a long time since anybody's even referred back to the XFL. <laughs> so it, it's uh, it, you know, it's interesting uh, to have that kind of a background, but yet to uh, to be able to come in and actually you know get some coaching experience done because of the XFL. That that in itself uh, is a kind of a leap. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, like I was perseverance, saying, perseverance though, pers- perseverance. perseverance. I mean, you go through the XFL, you go through the XFL, you you get your coaching career on track, and now you're back home at Fresno State. Yeah, and 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 hopefully they can bring some of that uh, mentality from the XFL and uh, bring it to Fresno State, and uh, and and uh, and maybe you know give them some uh, some edge on uh, on offense there, but. Uh, you know the recruiting picture is starting to clear up, and the coaching staff is getting filled out, and we'll we'll be able to kind of figure out what which direction Fresno State's going to be heading in, uh, probably sometime, I don't know, uh, in the middle of January is when we'll we'll be able to get an even clearer picture of what things are happening. Uh, but until then, we're going to try to keep delivering you all the latest news and updates for Fresno State. Uh, always check back at the Bark Board because. 
uh, we're kind of sh- shifting gears right now to kind of basketball, but we're we're still going to be reporting on football as much as possible. We're also going to try to dive into wrestling because that's also starting to come up as well. Yeah, yeah, and so Lorenzo's going to probably try to dry, uh, dive into some wrestling out in the 805 while I am going to be trying to hit the Central Valley as far as wrestling and and see if I can dig up any uh, Fresno State potential recruits that uh, are being targeted. And uh, between the two of us, we're going to try and see if we can find some of those guys who are being targeted so we can bring you that those interviews and some of the information on them. And it, wrestling is in full swing. Basketball is in full swing. Uh, keep checking back at the bark board for um, – Jackson and I will be heading out to the basketball games and trying to bring you as much coverage of that as possible. And any any other things you want to add, Lorenzo? No, other than that, you know what? I hope everybody enjoys their Christmas. Also, a happy new year. And, you know, I'm going to be enjoying my birthday on New Year's Eve. And you know what? I mean, hope everybody just enjoys this time. Yeah, exactly. So uh, everybody... Uh, on behalf of the Bark Board, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. So, Lorenzo, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of us. You can go to at Red Wave Report on Twitter. Once again, at Red Wave Report on Twitter. You can also like the Facebook page, Red Wave Report. Also, give me a follow on Twitter, at LJ underscore Reyna. Once again, at LJ underscore Reyna. Also, folks, please follow the Bark Board on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Lots of good stuff. And become a member. Yeah, exactly. Become a member and uh, and try to get all that insider information that we post. Like we said, that's only for our premium subscribers, and we have a lot of good information to share with you. Um, and, you know, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. On behalf of the Bark Board, on behalf of the Red Wave Report, we want to wish everyone a safe and happy holidays. And make sure you join us back again next time as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.